Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. The Boston Celtics outlast the Philadelphia 76ers in game three, take a three nothing series lead. I'm Sierra Goodwill joined by Bobby Manning, Joe Sway Bavone. It wasn't pretty game three in any way, shape or form. Both teams, not great shooting performances. The refs heavily involved in this one. We don't have to get too much into that, but in the end, Great defensive plays by Marcus Smart, Kemba Walker, really the entire Celtics team. How impressed were you with the group effort in the poise they showed down the stretch? Blown away by Smart. Uh, he's, he has had his struggle shooting from the field. I'm glad you bring him up to start because I thought he was their most important player tonight. Tatum made a big play late in this one as well, but Smart was able to play the whole game while Tatum, Tatum was in foul trouble. Uh, make the big defensive plays, especially the steal late that set up Brown going in the other direction. Uh, he's been phenomenal in this series, working through the offensive struggles while still bringing that defensive intensity. And then you mentioned Philly. They couldn't hit anything. They get all the free throws, but when they get all those open looks from three, it was brick, 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 brick. And that's what made this such a close game down the stretch where the Celtics were able to swing it five points in the end. I mean, Philly – their personnel is just so lacking in terms of shooting, in terms of playmaking, and they can't set up and beat. They did their best here again. They put out their best shot, as Joe Sway said in the post game, and they still fall flat. I, it's so broken there personnel-wise. They get nothing from Warford. It's, it's a bad situation. Yeah, definitely. No question. That's 100% true when we're talking about the Philadelphia 76ers. But also, uh, if I'm the Celtics, I'm thinking we should learn a valuable lesson from this game because I can't get over the fact that I led with this in the postgame show, but 20 offensive rebounds, 20 second chance points. The Philadelphia 76ers shouldn't have been in this game. Like, the Celtics should have never gone down the wire with these guys. And I think that was a huge hole in this one and a, a pattern that we've seen from the Celtics in the past. That's not going to fly against the Toronto Raptors. No way in hell it's going to fly in the second round. The Celtics cannot do that again. And the second unit has a lot to do with that. Um, I also thought it was really interesting for, for uh, uh, Jason Tatum to stay in throughout that third quarter. He had four fouls. I thought Brad Stevens, that was a good uh, decision on his part because things could have gotten uglier, in my opinion, if Tatum wasn't out there to, to finish that third quarter. Um, Brad Stevens to see or recognize uh, that Joel Embiid is on the bench, and that was his moment to capitalize, and it turned out perfectly because – uh, Tatum got going. It sort of got other guys going as well. And then in the fourth quarter, they were able to, uh, to, to build enough of a cushion to, to keep, uh, keep Philly at bay. The one positive thing I'm going to say about the 76ers is that I was expecting them to care less tonight. I was expecting less of a fight, and they definitely did show a little bit of energy and heart. But 
we got to get back to the fact that it's a mess in Philadelphia, right? Like you don't, oh, yeah. you don't expect them to show up in game four. I know you guys touched on this in the post game show a little bit, but you know, the ultimate outcome is going to be a Celtics series win here. So I don't see them prolonging their fate into, especially down in the bubble. What's next for the Sixers team? Because something's got to change. They have to find a way to get rid of that Horford contract. I talked about that quite a bit in the post game. There's got to be somebody out there who wants a veteran who can play center, who can defend, who can be a facilitator in the right situation. They have him doing all the wrong things here. And two big plays down the stretch tonight, shoots a corner three. That's never what they had Al doing in Boston. And then out defending Jalen Brown on the three-point line around the screen. He's switchable, but he shouldn't be the primary defender of a guy like Jalen Brown. So the contract's massive. I get that. COVID has the whole salary cap situation in a flux. Uh, maybe they end up amnestying him if they bring that back. But they have to find a way to get him out of there. Not his fault, obviously, but he was the worst fit possible for all that money that they signed him for. And he feels so lost out there on both ends of the floor in terms of his role. You never see the kind of defensive lapses he's had in the series either. And what's he have? Probably like 12 points the whole series at this point. It's, it's been a disaster season for him, uh, you know, his fault or not. Yeah, I agree with, with the last part of what you said, Bobby. Yeah, it's a messy situation with the Philadelphia 76ers, and they're going to have to trade somebody, but it can be Al Horford. I just think his contract is way, way too much for another team to pick up, maybe in a year or so. I think it's, it's going to come down to the toughest decision that the 76ers are going to have to make. The toughest decision they're going to have to make in the last 10 years, and that's trading – Deciding whether you're going to trade Joel Embiid too tough. or Ben Simmons <laughs> because that's the only way you're going to be able to salvage this thing. It's the only way you'll get uh, cap flexibility. I, I, in a perfect world, you can trade Al Horford's contract. Don't get me wrong. This isn't a knock on Al Horford or what he's able to still do at his age. You know, He could still uh, help a team out, certainly. But just at that price, it's just really, really tough. Maybe in a year or so. And the reason why I say that, Bobby, is because there are two teams uh, that are going to do their best to go out and grab a top-tier free agent this uh, upcoming offseason. Chances are they may strike out, and those two teams that I have in mind are the Atlanta Hawks and the uh, Charlotte Hornets. Now, the Atlanta Hawks, call me crazy, but it wouldn't shock me to see them uh, bring someone in like Al Horford back. because They could use a Horford, a veteran, he meant a center, to that yeah. Uh, they have pieces there. Bobby, you know, we don't, we don't have to begin to talk about what Trey Young means to this league and to that team and uh, the other young guys that they have going on. Al could help those guys out, and, and the way I see it happening is if um, they're able to sign someone that's a mid-level that can make the contracts work. That's another thing, Bobby. Some teams, they just physically, they literally can't pull off the trade because this contract just costs way too much. The only way some teams are going to be able to do it is if they package five players for one, and Philly's never going to do that. So it's really tricky uh, trying to move Al Horford. But, again, I think that's a conversation that we'll definitely be having maybe in a year from now. But just right now, it's about trading either Simmons or, uh, or Embiid. I mean, that's really where you begin to fix things in Philly. Well, for all of your Celtics uh, postseason coverage, you can find it on our website at clnsmedia.com and over on our YouTube channel at Celtics All Access. Get 20% off and free shipping using the code MAX20 at manscaped.com. Take your grooming game to the next level. Kemba Walker showed up big time in the Celtics game three win over the 76ers. I'm Sierra Goodwill here with Bobby Manning and Joe Sway Pavone. It felt like Kemba needed a game like this where he was really in his bag and had his shot uh, going really well. And after the game, he took none of the responsibility for the win on himself. He gave all the praise to his teammates as he always does. 
and just continues to be a really great leader for this team and exactly the kind of leader that they need. But let's talk about his performance. How important was the way he showed up in game three when Jason Tatum was having an off night? Oh, so I thought it was everything. Yeah, he, he was able to get to the rim in this one, which we haven't seen at all in the bubble. I think going into this series, he was taking about 60% of his shots from three-point land, having great success out there, about 43%. But when he was going to the rim, he was getting swallowed up again and again. Didn't look like he had the burst to get there. We obviously know he was going through the knee soreness. And tonight, for the first time, using Embiid as a shield, putting some foul trouble on him in transition as he goes to the rim, finishing shot after shot. I think he had about three shots in a row at the rim in the third quarter that kept Boston ahead for most of that quarter. And you can't say enough about his continued advancement throughout this bubble. We didn't even know if he was going to be able to play at all coming in. And he's been great every step of the way. Joe Sway, you hit in post game. His best game yet tonight, 10 to 20, uh, advancing on what he was doing in game two with the in-between shot, shooting over that drop defense. And Brown has said a million times, he's just been gloating about the play where he knocked the ball from Embiid and sent Brown out for that 360 dunk. He's doing everything on the court. And Sierra, you said it. Tatum was off the floor, uh, couldn't run the pick and roll, so Kemba picks it up with ease, and it was as explosive as Tatum could possibly be there. It was a tune-up game, Bobby. He's got to get ready for the second round. He's got a big matchup against the uh, Toronto Raptors that I think he has circled on his calendar already. Yeah, you, know, you know, like Kyle Lowry waiting for him. But no, no, all seriousness, obviously I don't think Kemba's that kind of player who's looking that far ahead. But I do think that there's a lot to be said about this momentum that he's going to have going into that series. It, uh, there's a lot to be said that, you know, what he's going to mean working with the second unit. And for a game like this, right, where Jason Tatum struggled from the floor uh, in foul trouble, you know, you need someone like that in the second half, someone who can bounce back and help uh, you know, Tatum out. And we all know Kemba's capable of that. But, to, you know, to Bobby's point, when you're seeing him in his bag like this, when he's able to go inside and he's doing it at ease and he's doing it almost untouched in some instances, I feel like that's where you're starting to see, okay, his confidence is now through the roof. And I'm not saying that Kemba's confidence – was weary, you know, before this game. But I think just subconsciously, you know, his kind of, he was taking his time a bit, right? He was picking his spot. And especially when uh, Philadelphia 76ers kept giving him that shot. But he elected to be more aggressive this time around. And I think that was uh, very evident in, throughout that second half, as we all could tell that he was forcing the issue. And that's just something you love to see. And again, reminding everyone of just how important and how electric and explosive he could be in the second half to help carry the Celtics. I was having some positive uh, childhood flashbacks uh, of the UConn. Oh, here comes the UConn talk. Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. UConn pit game with the uh, Kemba step back. That was great. Go ahead, Sierra. Let everybody know you're a UConn diehard Husky for life. Saw Kemba, Final Four. <laughs> Let him know. Saw you saw him, him when he was a youngin'. Let him know. Was watching him from the start. No, it was great to <laughs> see that tonight. Definitely some flashbacks. But I mentioned it when I opened this video, but I want to revisit just his character as a leader on this team and how when the team loses, he takes responsibility. When they win and he plays great, he never takes the credit, which is seems to be the antithesis of what was going on last year with Kyrie Irving. Just time and time again, he proves to be the leader by example, someone who doesn't, who gives positive reinforcement to his teammates when they need it the most. And he's exactly the kind of guy that you need to replace the shit show that was the Kyrie Irving situation. Oh yeah. That's a great way to put it. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) definitely. That's the word. Uh, And he's, he's he's the antithesis every step of the way. 
and he hates the comparison. The whole team prefers not to talk about Kyrie, but he has been the anti-Kyrie in that it doesn't have to revolve around him on the court, and he's still able to put all-star level production out there. This is, this is the key turnaround for the Celtics this year, and it's almost unheard of in the NBA. You have a guy who's willing to do whatever is needed. He's a great character, great locker room, and you can get that in role players. You can get that in starting caliber point guards. But you're getting this in one of the best point guards in the league. This guy is still a top five point guard in the league. Now you can debate whether him and Kyrie, when Kyrie's healthy, are better. But you get the whole package with Kemba, and that's almost unmatched around the NBA. That's still what gets me the most this year is that willingness to play in any role, that willingness to have on nights and off nights and work around two other stars on the team and giving you the explosive game like tonight that he's capable of. Like those, just, those two things don't go together ever. I can't think of another guy in the league like that, Joe Sway. No, no question. I can't think of a guy, another guy in the bubble who's happier than Kemba Walker. I mean, the guy can't stop smiling on and off the court, and there's a reason for that. It's his, it's his teammates. It's, you know, it's that camaraderie, but it's also the talent, you know? He's around so much talent that he's never been around throughout the entire course of his nine-year career, and that's very significant for a couple of reasons. One is being the fact that he knows what it's like to be in that spot, right, in that situation, to have that pressure. He had all the pressure in the world in Charlotte for so many years, so he knows what that's like. Another thing that Kemba knows what it's like to be on the other side, right? Look at how many teammates he went through in Charlotte. Guys that were, you know, whether they were trashed through the media for not playing at a particular level, or whether they were unfairly judged for their production. You know, Michael Kidd, Gilchrist, uh, Marvin Williams, guys who battled injuries, guys that were supposed to help him and turn that franchise around. You know, you look at the Celtics talent level and all these young guys, and I just think he's, he's really thinking about what he's been through is saying, look, these guys are not only talented, but they're young. The sky's the limit for them. And we are such a good team and a team that's able to, to compete at a high level and possibly win a championship. I mean, Kemba's one of the first guys talking championship talk. This from the moment the Celtics arrived in Orlando, you know, Brad wasn't talking championship. A lot of guys are trying to talk about just getting into the flow of things, but that's been Kemba's focus from day one. Yeah, Malik, was, that's the name. <laughs> he had so many teammates out there. Yeah. I was, I was in on the post-game press conference with Kemba Walker and some really telling comments where he was like, this is why I came here. I've mm -hmm. always been a winner, and now I finally get the opportunity to win in this league. He said, I've never in my life been up 3-0, and it's kind of cool. He said, the job's not done yet, but he's definitely enjoying go. the moment and enjoying being around other players who can elevate his game instead of him doing that for everybody else but for right, all here, Celtics, you know better than everyone else man you've been watching Kemba's since most of the Celtics fans that tune into this you know so. gotta say it, it hurts for Brad Wanamaker who was on that pit team back then too that's gotta hurt. I love <laughs> always that. having that reminder <laughs> I love right. that that's the case I love that but for all of our Celtics uh post season and post game coverage you can find it on our website at clnstv.com and subscribe to our YouTube channel over at Celtics All Access Get 20% off and free shipping using the code MAX20 at manscaped.com. Take your grooming game to the next level.